0: On today's episode of Cyber Sports,
1: just like the motherfucking writers in Hollywood getting replaced with
2: AI, I'm getting replaced with a fucking plastic bag. Everybody's scared of Jokic, right? Everybody's scared of him.
0: Everybody's trying to adapt and overcome. Yeah, if he can, if he can stay healthy, he's going to play a big part as the defensive anchor of that team.
1: Forest. This fool. <laughs>
0: Hello, 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 everybody. And welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 11 of Siren Sports, man. We are happy to have y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. We have a nice little schedule of stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Um, Next to me, as usual, your co-host Rico.
2: What up, fam? What are we doing? Life is good. Blessed future, everybody. Everybody have a blessed day today. We're going to have a great show. It's kind of what we do. The fuck is this? Yo, this is... This is super you I, 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 ju- I thought get, you weren't gonna be here today.
1: I go I get wa- I go get water for like Dog, damn, this, five seconds, on, the- and <laughs> I'm getting replaced just like the motherfucking writers in Hollywood getting he, replaced Jesus with AI, AI. I'm getting replaced with a fucking plastic bag. He's,
2: He's been, been talking, talking more than you. What the
1: fuck, man? This is tripping, see?
2: I really thought Father Juice was going to be out today, so we had to come up with something impromptu, just to keep the show flowing and rolling. Good to see you back in the building. (laughs) Good to see you back, Rico.
0: Welcome, 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 Father Juice himself, Mr. Rico. It's a beautiful Sunday.
1: That little plastic bag ain't got shit on me, okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and of course, the uh, <laughs> the crazy one in the corner over there, we got old Grandpa Gary. How you doing today, Gary?
2: What can I say? It's the return of the wild style fashion. This smashing hits make it hard to adapt to this. I was listening to Rock Kim this morning, so I got in that kind of a Sunday good vibe, good mood. You know, yard sales popping off in the neighborhood. So yeah, it was yeah, one of them things. Huh?
0: Oh my goodness, man. Well, we're going to go ahead and start off today's show talking about the craziness going on in the NBA right now. There may be, it may be the NBA offseason currently, but let me tell you, that does not mean that the news is going to stop. We got Bradley Bill being traded from the Wizards to the Suns, making another super team. What are your guys' thoughts?
1: No. I'm be honest. This was a bad trade. Like I, I understand. They're great three superstars together as a whole, but the Suns have no depth, and that's what's going to kill them now. I, I think the super team era should be dead now at this point because to be successful, you have to have depth on your bench. And a lot of these bench players ain't cheap no more, so – that's what it is.
2: And you need a lot of role players, and you need to have team chemistry. And with Bradley Beal on that team, you're going to score 148 points a game, but you're giving up 142 because they have zero defense with that lineup. Yeah. I can see everybody running up and down the court. you think it's a pickup game on a Saturday. and. Man, everybody's running. Yeah. I, I don't see any defense. I really don't. No,
0: I, I don't see defense, and I don't see depth like Rico was talking about. And honestly, I don't see team chemistry developing. You have three alpha scorers, alpha superstars who need the ball in their hand. And how are they going to learn to coexist together, having to share with the, the other two? And then on top of that, you look at Kevin Durant. He's approaching 35 years old. He has a very serious injury history and if you look at Bradley Bill he also has a pretty major injury history over the past few years missing a third of the games that he was supposed to play in can they stay healthy
2: can they stay healthy can they play well together it's everything that you guys have already brought up and this is what happens like with aging superstars because KD is a certified superstar but at 35 you got two three more years of legs in you with that and postseason play being hindered by these injuries how good is that going to all pan out I mean it It kind of gives a lot of truth to the Nuggets team, especially how they've been together for so long and there's not been that too many switches. There's been a few players here and there, utility players and what have you. But it just kind of gives a testament on why this team won the ring and, damn, anybody else that's trying to up and come. In. And like you and I were talking about town uh, offset, uh, everybody's scared of Jokic, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's scared of him. Everybody's trying to adapt and overcome. And how are they going to go ahead and stop this man, let alone the entire team, coming into
0: next season? Yeah, it's going to be crazy, especially the way they handicap themselves with the uh, with the salary cap. They can't really go overspend on a bunch of pieces. They need key pieces that are willing to take veteran minimum deals.
2: They need to take the pay cut, and they need to do it for, like, the team discount. Dirk Nowitzki was known for that in Dallas. He took constant pay cuts just to get that ring, and even therefore after, I think the organization treated him very well.
1: You can't play 48 minutes a night, so, especially with three guys, it's just going to make it harder because playoff time, that's the only reason or the only way you're playing 48 minutes a night. But you got to stay healthy, too, at that point. But also, I like how you were talking about Yo Kids, Mr. Hill Gary here. How do you
2: how you feel about some of those comments from the other day? <laughs> I was I was actually impressed because there was a lot of great takes, so it lets me know that people are actually listening to the show and listen to our content and all. It kind of hurt a little bit, but, hey, I'm a big dude. And <laughs> I'm a big dude with big, tough feelings. It's all right. It's just like a callous. You guys can go on the next conversation. But there were some good points brought up. I'm not going to lie. And it made me look at the situation a little bit different from a different perspective, but still, it was an easy chip, and 16 more to catch up to the Lakers. Go
0: Lakers! You had people pissed. It's all right. Yeah, Gary had people hot, man. Gary was <laughs> <laughs> people. People wanted us to take the podcast down. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> it burn
1: shirts and effigy. Look, I, I want you to know, I see everything on the social media. So when you put a dumbass comment talking about stop the podcast, and you don't elaborate, I'm going to troll you. I really am because
2: who the – Net bangers banging behind the keyboard and won't speak on it. Speak on it, please. We encourage the the comments. We encourage the, the fan interaction over here on Siren Sports. We really, really do. So give us your takes, feed it back, and believe me, if it's good enough, we'll bring it up on the show, definitely, right, fella?
0: Yeah, definitely. If you bring up a, a take that we feel is good enough to talk about, we'll bring it up and we'll discuss it on the show. So keep commenting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Keep the fire rolling, man. You don't believe in me shit. Tell me what you think, player.
1: Just don't put nothing stupid, because uh I will clap back.
2: <laughs>
0: Uh, Yes, he will. We've seen it already. Right, Rico? Call me Petty Eddie. (laughs) Petty Eddie. Eddie, I love it. I love it. Petty LaBelle. Oh, man. (laughs) That's funny. Well, keep going on in the NBA news. We also have some superstars trading teams. Christoph Porzingis is now a member of the Celtics. It took a couple of tries. The Clippers were involved in the trade. Then they backed out. And then the Grizzlies ended up going. At first, it was Malcolm Brogdon being traded, which would have been a, a safe trade for the Celtics to make. But then they ended up trading Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year from a couple years ago. And... They lost a huge piece of their team trading Marcus Smart. Granted, they needed the big presence inside the paint that uh, Porzingis is going to bring him, and his ability to shoot the three is going to mesh very well with the way Boston plays offense, but they just lost the heart and soul of that team.
1: Yeah, they, they really did. Marcus Smart has been there since he got drafted. Like He won defense player year there. He's, he's been a dog, but... Unfortunately, they had to trade him instead of Malcolm Brogdon because Brogdon has some injury problems going on and you know, teams don't want to play or teams don't want to trade for a guy that's got injury problems going on. So that's why the Clippers backed out instead of getting him cuz
2: being injury prone and paying these players like to play in the league, what are you basing it off of? You're basing it off of what they could do and what could they potentially do given the fact that they're healthy. But Do you want to spend that money? Do you want to invest in that? And that's the hard part. And I think that's why Danny Ainge is swimming, man. That dude has been the GM for a good minute and... He needs to start to produce soon because Eastern Conference championships aren't getting you TV deals. They're playing in the finals. It's not getting that big, big playoff money, and you're not having a parade in Boston. You are under the burning hot stove right now, and you need to produce within next year. I mean, mm-hmm. the deadline's done, and there's too many up-and-coming young teams for them to not produce now because that window is shrinking just like just like expired veterans. It
0: really is. Like, how is uh, how's that window going to be next year when Giannis is at full strength?
2: Ooh. Ooh. Or what if Giannis leaves?
0: Okay, well, or what if uh, Philadelphia takes a step up and becomes a championship team? I mean, I'm not saying they're going to, but yeah, I don't see that. (laughs) I don't don't see it happening. You know, Joel Embiid, you got your MVP. Proud of you. Whack (laughs) MVP. I can't. Yeah. Oh man, that that's so funny. So let's flip the script on this one and let's take a look at Marcus Smart's situation in Memphis. How is he going to do out there with John Morant? Yeah, he's going to have to
2: wait 25 games. We know that. So how's he going to quarterback that team with, like, the veteran's presence Mm -hmm. and then maybe establish a defensive code, a conduct, you know? I mean, I'm sure that he takes a lot of pride in his defense, given the fact that he's former defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. But just like anything else, how is that team going to mesh? And I think it's a decent fit, but I think as soon as you start to get job back, it's just going to add more to the element. And I think there's too many components going on. I don't see it going well. I really don't.
0: Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of personalities flaring in that locker room. Can can the coaches in the front office keep that in check, or is it gonna be a player ego run team like it has been? Because I mean, Dylan Brooks really showed that they allowed players to really say and do whatever. Saying hi, Tigers. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Did he sign that yet, or not? Not yet. So he's he's holding I, out hope. I
1: heard there's a team that might sign him to an NBA contract. I don't know who is it. I don't know who is it. The Pistons? Who? Hey. Bad boy pissing his back maybe J.K. J.K. J.K.
2: I was over.
1: What the fuck? JK. I think if I if I'm being honest, I think he will bring a huge defense presence too. Because even though Jaw will be gone, you still got two recent De- defensive players of the years on that team with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Smart. So I, I think they'll bring a lot of defense towards them. Uh Steven Adams is a great defender too. He just has to come back healthy from his injury. So
0: Yeah, if, if he can if he can stay healthy, he's gonna play a big part as the defensive anchor of that team. How far do you see this team going in the playoffs if they're fully healthy and if they can mesh well?
1: Mm. The West is deep.
2: The West yeah. is deep this year. You got OKC super young with like I think they have like 1100 draft picks up until like 2030, right? Like with all the trades that they've done, they've they've let go of everybody. No, in all reality, I believe that they have like 15 first and second round draft picks in like
0: the next five or seven years. Something to that effect. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, Speaking of draft picks, did y'all did y'all get a chance to see that the Suns don't have any draft picks until 2030? I did.
2: I did. I think my daughter Arceli might go ahead and go. Because <laughs> maybe by then
1: they might have once. You know, OKC might draft her. You, n- you never know. OKC looking at middle schoolers right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what prospect it is. Because that's
2: going to be the time that they're relevant and they can actually get somebody. But... It's risk versus reward. Obviously, they're that confident in the core group that they have now and getting Bradley Beal in. Is this super team going to mesh? Is it going to work? There's so many questions. And that's what makes the NBA offseason so fun because the season just ended, and as soon as it's over, boom, boom, Trade, trade, deferred free agent. You know, it sounds like a rap start in the 80s, you know? Like, (laughs) trade, trade, deferred free agent. Uh. Decline,
0: decline. That's what it is. Decline, decline more money next time. Somebody
1: Somebody get a cardboard box out.
0: (laughs) Hey. No, that's right. But speaking of declining options, man, the Nuggets hero, Bruce Brown, officially turned down his player option and is now a free agent. What are y'all thoughts?
1: Oh, he's not the only one, too. We'll get on that later. But he wants wants his bag. I mean, I don't blame him, especially after the playoff performance he had. He should get paid a little bit more. So I think the Nuggets are going to pay him pretty good. But you just got to watch out because I know there are other teams interested in him,
0: too. So... Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, he's he's coming off a championship in which he played a pivotal role during like during the run. So he's coming out with the clout of a champion and people are going to be willing to pay him top money for that just because he brings that experience.
2: They come and they poach. That's a lot of it. If you're an established player that's just coming off a championship run and they know that you're a team player. One, you can play your position 2 three. You're not injury prone. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, Mr. Bowen has any real significant injuries going forward really, really doesn't. So that just makes him more of a sustainable player and one that could vie for a bigger contract. And it's a justified contract, too. Then again, the dirt question, do you take the hometown discount, keep things going and rolling, mm-hmm. or do you go ahead and leave and do what's best for you and your family because you already got the ring? So.
0: Yeah, if, if I'm Bruce Brown, I'm looking at it from that perspective. I already got my championship. I already lived the experience, and now I'm going to put myself into a position where I can make more money in year one of this contract coming up than I've made my entire career. There you go, and rightfully so. Yeah. The one was good for himself and his family, no, his definitely. brand and what have you. Definitely, and Bruce Brown... We love you here in Nuggets Nation, man. We want you back. If you come back, welcome with open arms. If not, we thank you for everything you did for us and wish you nothing but the best on your future endeavors.
1: That's what the, uh, that's what the Nuggets did uh, with KCP. You know, he is on the championship team with the Lakers, and they were like, oh, you want to come play with us? So, you know, they took him ankle bracelet and all.
2: <laughs> Super gangster.
1: <laughs> he said, my monitor going off, but I'll come to Denver. <laughs>
0: Don't cross me up too hard. They think I broke it. (laughs) So, Rico, you touched a little bit on it earlier. There was another big player that just declined a massive player option with the Golden State Warriors, and I'm talking about Draymond Green. In uh, -in hand-in-hand news, the Warriors also traded Jordan Poole. Four days after they, uh, the new GM, Mike Dunleavy, said that he was going to be with them for at least the next four years. And wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Jordan Poole followed, unfollowed Draymond Green on Instagram.
0: I would have unfollowed <laughs> him after he knocked me unconscious. That shit was crazy. You should have fought back. Anyways.
2: Yeah! Remember when my remember when Green hit fucking Jordan Poole and they showed the picture on TMZ? It red ass from Friday right up here. My grandmama gave me that so My grandmama told me I was going to get traded. You he, he know he's going to crowd up with the wizards. My grandmama <laughs> gave me
0: that contract. <laughs>
2: No, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Um, missing a player like Draymond Green, because I've always seen him as a Dennis Rodman type player. Mm-hmm. He literally is the epitome of a role player where he'll do the dirty work. He'll shut down a defender. He'll kick out. Kicking the balls. Kicking the balls, box mm-hmm. out, play defense, get rebounds, facilitate, outlet passes, know what his value is. Run it up and down the court because you got Clay, you got Steph, you have shooters, you know, and that's just the kind of run and gun style that they have. And I, He's such a pivotal part of their run, man. They've got the four rings under him, and or with him playing, should I say. And if they don't retain him, whoever is fortunate enough to get him and have him be fired up, especially if it's a Western Conference contender, you know every single time that they're going to be playing Golden State, he's going to bring it and then some, just out of spite, because he just seems like that kind of cat. He's fired up, and he's a Dennis Rodman-type
0: player. No, he, he really is. The question is, do you think Mike Dunleavy made these moves to trading Jordan Poole to try to retain Draymond? I think it was more of a
2: splash. That and then his father, Mike Dunleavy Sr., he, he already has a coaching presence, and the guy knows the game of basketball. He went to Duke, he played under Krzyzewski, played under a great team at Duke with Shane Battier, Boozer, Jay Williams, uh, what's it called, J.J. Redick, all those other cats. Old ass niggas. Yeah, but he knows the game of basketball, yeah. and I honestly think that when you're in that position to go to a team like that, you have to make a splash. you got to make moves, because otherwise, what the fuck are you getting paid for? Mm-hmm. We brought you in here to do something. Yeah. We lost last year. Fixed it because Steph Curry's in a win, Klay Thompson's in a win, all these guys are older and we hate to see it but within the next three to five years a lot of these guys are going to be falling off and we're going to be doing those farewell tours
0: you know. And then you had a piece like Chris Paul to the mix like what he came off a very injury prone playoffs with the with the Suns he got traded to the Wizards for Bradley Bill but then the Wizards turned around and traded him for Jordan Poole to the uh, Golden State Warriors. How does he fit into their plan?
1: I just want to say, this is just weird. Because when I seen the trade, this is happening as soon as people are missing on the submarine. So <laughs> like, try to distract them from it. <laughs> this happens, and then Chris Paul gets traded to the Warriors. Like, I don't know who the fuck could have seen that. Like, it's weird, like considering you're bringing him on, but I-, I feel like there's more to it, especially because Draymond declined his player option. So, what I'm thinking is maybe in free agency, he signs with the Lakers, and they're doing it possibly to make a trade so the Lakers can get Chris Paul or something. It that that's the way I can see it, but I I don't see why you put Chris Paul on your team when you already have veteran presence in Draymond, Curry, and Clay. So
0: I mean, well, technically speaking, they don't have Draymond right now. Well, Curry and Clay, it, it just it's weird to me. Like I think it's the I think it's just the age taking effect on Chris Paul. Like he's finally at that point in his career where he has to transition over to a bench role and he's, he's going to be the quarterback of the second unit for the Warriors going forward. So they're going to have Steph and Clay. but then when they take them out, there's not going to be a drop in production, at least in the mentality of the game. Chris Paul is one of the smartest players to ever play this game. He's going to put himself in good positions, even if he's not as athletically gifted as he once was. Yeah, absolutely. When you get to that
2: age, you may not be able to run up and down the court as well. You may not be able to move left and right as well, but you can still facilitate, and you're smart enough. Your basketball IQ is smart enough to know who you're playing with and what can come of it.
1: I mean, Chris Paul can do anything. He got to stay for <laughs>
2: <laughs> And the worst comes to worst, he'll just get into a power-walking competition. That's really <laughs> it. That's what we all have known him to see. Don't forget, he almost was a Laker back in 2011. Yeah, that... that. And now he wears Imagine, can you
1: imagine that Kobe team? Kobe Chris Paul. David Stern says, minutes. psych, nigga. It's like, no.
2: No. Send him to the Clippers to go play with fucking DeAndre George. Should uh,
0: commissioners have the power to veto a trade like that?
2: I'm on the fence with that. I'm on the fence with it because I can understand the integrity of the league, but if that's the case, then why don't you block Bradley Beal being traded? Oh, I'll just stop these mm-hmm. Hold, on hold, hold, on, hold be. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If
1: any trade should have been vetoed or free agency anything, it should have been fucking
0: KD going to the Warriors. No, nah, he, was, he was a free agent. He was free to I don't give a flipping no, fuck look at let's look at it from a subjective point here the bradley bill trade there's a lot of controversy going on around that because the sun's general manager his name is josh bartlestein and uh the agent for bradley bill his name is mark bartlestein no relation no uh, no 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 there's definitely a relation uh the Sons GM is the son of Bradley Bill's agent. You
2: don't say.
0: Yeah, so that that's a that's a little interesting. So if we look at the fact that Bradley Bill had a no trade clause, meaning that he could veto any trade he didn't want to be a part of, the Warriors had to leave more lucrative deals on the table and were forced to take the Suns' lower offer.
1: Cause it's a family reunion.
0: Uh, that's a, but do you guys think that the the commissioner should have vetoed that trade? I mean There's nothing you could really do. I mean
1: at this point in time, I feel like David Stern had did what he did just because it was fucking Adam ages ago. But oh. a- Adam Silver, I don't think he had to veto this trade. I mean, I want to say that Washington is very fucking stupid, though. Why would you give Bradley Beal so much money and then there's a no-trade clause in hand? Like, me me and my homies talk about all the time. This man should have been gone from Washington a long time ago. He wasted his time there. I understand the loyalty portion, but you can't always stay loyal to your team, especially when you're not getting help. This man should have been out of the door as soon as Russell Westbrook left, as soon as John Wall left. There's no reason why you're sticking around playing with a shitty-ass team and management, of course.
2: I honestly think that the league – wants to see this, because this sells out the the viewerships for those Thursday night games, the Friday night games on NBC, or excuse me, on TBS and TNT, and all that. The league wants to see more superstars together. Why? Because you had the shitty Lakers last year. I love my Lakers, by the way. But we were great on paper, and we were on every single night, damn near. We were on twice a week on all the big platforms. Mm -hmm. And that's just what they want to see. They want to see superstar power. They want to see KD when he was with Harden and Irving, or Kyrie Irving, all playing against you. Lakers with LeBron and AD and, and Dennis. like They just want to see that. It's more star power, and it brings in a newer audience to see all your favorite players under one game, under one roof. Yeah. I think that's what it
0: is. It's a, it's a monetary thing. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a monetary thing. Uh, they want to see superstars together. And speaking of superstars, the Victor Wembenyama era has officially begun in the NBA. What are y'all thoughts on the French superstar? The biggest rigged <laughs> <laughs> You cannot tell me. You cannot tell me
2: that that thing was not rigged. Come on now. There was an extra ping-pong ball when they were drawing it out, and it had silver foil wrapped around it. And they're like, yeah, pick that one for the number one. Yeah, yeah, get that one. Get that oh, one.
1: Oh, he, he, He's saying like how Cleveland had back-to-back picks, <laughs> number yeah, one
0: yeah. pick. Or, or, hey, well, if you if you go back and you look at uh, what David Stern did for the Knicks with uh, Patrick Ewing when he was coming out and where he supposedly froze the card that had the Knicks so he could feel which one he was pulling out of the out of the bubble
2: that's a great story i actually remember that and i don't think you can do it nowadays because there's too many eyes everybody has a phone you can't really it's so easy to record that and put them on blast but yeah. i can definitely see something like that going down and it's being present today so the proverbial apple doesn't fall very far from the tree they're still doing the same things until they're gonna get caught but mm-hmm. again like anything else how many number one draft picks have we seen flop a lot. A lot. There's been a lot, especially in the top five, because in the NBA, when it comes to drafts, you really have the top 10 players. That's about it, because everybody else
0: is. I mean, there's only maybe like two or three game changers usually out of the top 10 as well. Yeah. But the hype surrounding Victor Wembenyama, not since Zion and not since LeBron has somebody been as hyped as this man is. 19 years old, five. I saw a highlight video of him. He shot a three, missed it, and got a put-back dunk on his own rebound.
2: I saw him hold a baseball like this. He almost—he had like this much of entire Major League Baseball coming with his his grip, his hands, his paws. Like, dude, he's a big dude. Mm -hmm. That kind of ball control to be able to hold that pelota, man, eight-foot wingspan, can't really beat that. It's crazy because
1: ESPN analysis said he has a 55% chance of making the All-Star game
0: this year. That's it. And I'm like, oh. Well, no, no, he, no, they're they're gonna they're gonna do everything that they can to hype him up. But is it is it too early? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Early. In today's yeah. day and age, there's been so many early round draft picks that have been hyped up, like you were speaking on earlier, Zion Williams. Where are we at with that gentleman? I don't. I, I think don't I've know, played man. more games in the NBA
0: than Zion Yo, Williams it, at this I mean, point. But he's got the cloud enough to get put on 2K covers and be a be labeled a superstar when he hasn't proven a fucking thing.
2: People getting their fucking face tattooed with his name <laughs> on it just saying I don't even wanna say that person's name to put it on it on Twitter. Yeah, come on now. I'm on Twitter. I can't even get suspended. Yeah, anymore. I don't
1: know. It, it's going to be interesting cuz we did a little draft watch party the other day for class and this draft, I really I'm really not impressed with this draft class, I'm be honest. Like yeah, there's good guys coming out of it, but I think at the end of the day, it's not there won't be too many guys in the future that I can say, "Oh,
0: yeah, this this was one of the best draft classes." I I just don't see it. No, definitely. It's if you look at you know compare it to say the 1996 or the 2003 draft, Ooh. man, it's, it's it doesn't hold a candle to it.
2: Absolutely not. 1996 had Kobe, Kobe Nash, Ray Allen, S- Steve Nash, Eric Dampier, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Marcus Camby, Allen Iverson, the answer. Mm-hmm. Then the game was different back then, though. Yeah. These guys had a majority of these players stayed in college for at least two years, if not more. And I think that comes into the style of play that comes in nowadays because back then those guys knew how to be a part of a the team. They knew how to play the game of basketball. Whereas now if you have individual talent and you're a baller wherever you're at, you can come out of the league right after one year of college or playing overseas if you choose to. Yeah. And then 2003, spotted out who we got, how's
0: or LeBron James. LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch. There like there there's some major names, some Hall of Fame names coming out of those or oh, those draft classes. And
1: I, I will say too, you can't spend when it comes to college basketball and before going to the NBA, you really can't spend four years playing ball no more in, in college because if you look at a dude like Drew Timmy he should have been in the draft last year. He opted out. Who's Drew Timmy? He plays for Gonzaga. He's got a little porn stash. <laughs> He's got a little got a little porn stash. But uh, he was he, he should have been in the draft last year, and he decided to stay another year, and he went undrafted this year. So if you, know, I, I get a lot of guys want to bet on themselves, but. If you got
0: the momentum, you might as well go in the draft now. and You got to capitalize. You got to strike the iron while it's hot. Exactly. Absolutely. And, like, speaking of Gonzaga... The Denver Nuggets went and drafted Julian Strother with the 29 pick, who many consider the best wing shooter in the draft. What are your guys' thoughts on him?
2: Bakito. Julian Strother sounds like somebody that's going to be open up at Stampede next year. I've never heard of Julian Strother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not familiar with the draft. This is your guys' stuff. But, yeah, he sounds like somebody that's playing at a Pinocchio bar downtown in Denver with his guitar <laughs> acoustic. Oh, Tell me, where's he from? Uh, he's from Gonzaga. Okay. So he's
0: he's used to D1 schools. He's uh, He's been there for a while, played over 100 games. He comes Ooh. in with uh, – Comes in with leadership ability and a, the ability to really catch and shoot. It, his catch and shoot, he ranked in the 97th percentile of all players last year.
2: Well, that's the right draft pick for for the Nuggets because if you've got a passer like Jokic and this dude can do what he's advertised to do, that's Not another that perfect
0: piss or piece. Yeah, per, perfect piece it really is. And then if Michael Porter is having an off night, who says that this kid can't pick it up?
1: If he plays because, you know. The Nuggets don't really play their young guys unless they unless, really they, earn to, they, no, unless really they earn it. No,
0: unless they earn it. That's what I like about Michael Malone. He's a hard ass coach. He yes. is. Like he, you know, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray were both bench riders for a good portion of the at least their first year. It took. I remember there was some outrage that it took a long time for Jamal Murray to break the starting lineup.
1: That's when Moutier was point guard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're not. We're not even getting into that.
1: right Moutier, now, right? Moutier was point guard, and you know. Uh, What's the name of in Portland?
0: Uh, Joseph Nurkic. Joseph Nurkic was supposed to be the future of the Nuggets, but, you know, Nikola Jokic came in, outplayed him, and Michael Malone and, at the time, GM uh, Tim Conley were smart enough to say, no, Jokic needs to be the one that we build around. Obviously, it panned out. Yeah. Shout out to him. No, definitely, definitely. But um, another one more, one more question about the draft, y'all. How do you guys see Dame Lillard and Scoot Henderson meshing? Dame's out of there, you know. I heard he went
1: live uh, the other day playing Miami by Will Smith, so he might be
2: going to Miami. That would be an interesting trio right over there. Just to have a player like him who is thirsty. He is thirsty. He's one of the NBA's top 75 players without a chip. It trips me out when I see him and, like, AD on there. And to me, those guys, man, they're they're great players. Not 75 players, but for a talent like Dame to go ahead and leave – What's he going to do? Because he's been asking for it for years. It's been hinted at him for years. And
0: once uh, CJ McCollum, once he left, I was like, "Well, who else is there?" And he still kept on producing. No, he he's a he's a superstar capable of carrying a team. Him in Miami is scary. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. That's scary. From coming from a, if we would have faced that team, it probably would have went six or seven. If if we would have faced them in the finals instead of just you know Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but twenty twenty hindsight. But speaking of top seventy five players all time, that brings us to this week's around town segment, man. Deion sanders bro i feel for you my man is having some health issues right now man he really is he had to have an emergency surgery a couple days ago to remove blood clots in his groin area Um, he's had some pretty serious circulatory issues he's had a couple of toes amputated already and there was a, a talk last week or the week before that he might have to have his whole foot amputated in the worst case scenario so you know our prayers up to Deion Sanders. Our prayers up to Prime, but we have to ask, how does that affect CU? If you don't got a coach that can walk the sideline. I don't know what to tell you. It's I fucked up, Take. But he'll he'll
1: be back. I think he's gonna recover strong. Uh, I know they told they told him he's going to have those emergency surgeries so nothing bad happens. So I think he'll be before the season starts on his little scooter like he was at Jackson State, scooting around and then he'll eventually get hel- he'll eventually get healthy and be walking around again so we wish him the
0: best yeah definitely definitely wish him the best um Man, it just it sucks to see. You know, you think of Deion Sanders, you think of that man blazing up and down the field, incredible speed, or straight doing a forty yard dash and running out the stadium.
2: It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's it's unfortunate. Once you get older, taking care of your health, your health is your wealth. I don't know what to say, man. It could happen to anybody. That man could eat phenomenal and he could have the best diet, best best health regimens. But
0: fortunately, these kind of things are just genealogical. For sure. And but it sure doesn't help the wear and tear that he put on his body all those years playing both football and baseball
2: and I think he's one of those smarter players that cut out before it got too bad and he left and walked away from the game
0: but yeah man just you know prayers to prime Absolutely. hope you hope you recover Speedy well. recovery sir speedy recovery Speedy recovery man see you need you but man this year's baseball season has been fucking crazy so far I
2: don't even know what to say I really don't. There's so many storylines. Just throw a fucking dart at the board right now. We yeah, could t- speak so,
0: on there, any. There. There. There's only there's one star shining brighter than everybody else in baseball right now, and that is the phenomenon known, known as Shohei Ohtani. You'd have to be around
2: in the 1910s to see something like that, and see a player of the caliber of Babe Ruth because that's what we're seeing right now. This man can pitch. This man can hit. This man can play a field. Or excuse me, this man can pitch every. Ah, shit. This man can pitch every fifth or sixth day as part of a major league rotation and be efficient. He can bat every day and produce as a DH. Never seen anything like it. it it's transcending, and then for him to be of Japanese descent is even more of a of a, of a cultural cherry on top. You know, for uh, an American or excuse me, an, uh, for United, uh, fuck. for an American game, yes, he's just standing out above and beyond, putting more light into the international field and. He has not disappointed. He's one of those few cats that has – he's the highest paid player in baseball right now, $30 million a year from the Angels. You know he's going to break the bank next year with over half a billion dollars. It's just who's going to be lucky and fortunate to, uh, to have him. But brings me to my question to you, gentlemen. Do you pay somebody that much money? Do you really pay that much money in baseball
0: where the contracts are damn near guaranteed all the time? I think you have to do what you have to to retain him. Shohei is a once-in-a-generational – Talent? Can the Angels do enough to retain him? Though can they make him want to stay there?
2: Absolutely not. They they put together such a shit team around Trout, and then you added a piece like Otani, and they're still not producing. Mm-hmm. How many games have there been this year where Mike Trout hits two home runs, Otani strikes out fourteen and seven is anything pitch, and they still and then they still they, they, still they find, a way, loo- they find I, a way to lose. They yes. find a way to lose. I give them I give them
1: credit right now because if the playoffs ended, they would be they'd be in the wild card, but. I, I I think at this point, if you're someone like Otani, you go to a bigger market. I, I understand you're playing for the Angels, but you got the Dodgers looking out to try to get you. You got the Yankees. Even the Padres that uh, Gary hates so much.
2: <laughs> Fuck the Padres. Everybody's going to open up the bank account. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to open up that checkbook and mm-hmm. see what's going to happen. It's just a matter of time at this point. But if you're the Angels, what do you do? Do you trade him before no, you yeah, let that go of
0: him? That was, oh, was going to be my, net. my question is, What do you do if you're the Angels? Do you let him walk out the door where you just get compensated with a random third-round pick? Or do you jump the gun and pull the blockbuster trade and get back what pieces you can to hopefully build your team for the future?
2: I think that you would get a lot of pieces back— If you were to trade him,
0: but it's just a matter of
2: whom you're going to trade him to. You're not going to trade him to an American League West opponent like the Rangers or somebody that could pay. But again, do you want to pay that? Because that luxury tax afterwards, once he signs that deal, whoever he goes to, it's going to go through the roof. And again, it's the risk versus reward factor. But going into what you said, it's... Do you want to go down as that GM in history, as the guy that did not retain Shohei Ohtani, or at least do your damnedest to give this man whatever he wants because of what he's capable of doing and bringing to your franchise? And endorsements alone, everybody's going to go out there. And I noticed one fact about the Angels is that they completely stopped all Shohei Ohtani promotions after the trade deadline. In I think it's it's more or less an innuendo to say, well, we could have him, we could not. I don't want to have Shohei Otani bobblehead night if he's playing for L.A., <laughs> for the Dodgers, you know what I mean, yeah. or playing in fucking New York. That's that's a slight, you know. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think that at this point the GM's probably just been just like, okay, we got something good going on right now. Maybe we wait until free agency because, like I said, they're in the wild card spot right now. So,
2: But you want to get something for right. him, though.
1: But, yeah, I understand they want to get something for him. But you know, I don't know. GMs sometimes they don't make good options. It, it really just depends. Like they're ball. I will say that him and Trout are balling out right now. I know they played the Rockies Friday night and they both hit some home run bombs.
2: So. They both hit home runs, four hundred fifty-three feet back to back. What are the odds? Welcome to Coors Field.
1: And speaking of Coors Field, once again, we must sponsor this. We will be at the game
2: yeah! on Wednesday. When they play the Dodgers. June 28th, myself, my fan bam, Father Juice, his beautiful lady, we will be in attendance. We're going to be taking over two sections. We got the left field where Father Juice will be. I will be in the eighth row right behind the Dodgers dugout. I'll make sure to wear a nice Enriquez jersey in the back. If you see me, go ahead and wave. Shout out Cyber Sports, and I will get you a beer because beers at Coors Field are extremely expensive. It might be a root beer, but still be happy with that. And we'd love to see you out there.
1: that's that's abuse. you got going to give them root
2: beer? Oh, you got
0: their hopes up, man. Those
2: are $17 beers. And 22 if you have a curly mustache and like that apricot oatmeal stout that Colorado's known for. Apricot oatmeal. Sounds like some Gerbers. <laughs> Just brew it. Just brew it. Like it.
1: But, yes, we will be at the game.
2: Yes, yes, yes. We'd love to see you
0: out there. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Can going to be batting practice out there, baby. Yeah, probably playing playing against the Rockies, man. But, yeah. Uh, you know, the opposite of the, what the Rockies would be doing is being red hot. And let me tell you, Cincinnati, they are on a motherfucking roll. 12 in a row. Ellie Dela Cruz hits for the cycle, and they have a major comeback win. I think it was, I think it was the other night. I think it was on oh. Thursday, yeah.
2: Okay. But still, yeah, he hit for the cycle. That man is so fast. I saw a highlight of him against Houston during the early part of the week. He hit a, a hard ground ball to first base. Beat out Bregman to first base, or who, uh, excuse me, beat out the first baseman to go ahead and touch first, and it just goes to show you how
0: fast that man is. How fast is that man? He's fast as fuck, boy. He's <laughs> fast as fuck. What? He's faster than O.J.'s white Bronco on a freeway. Let me tell you that.
2: <laughs> man, he's faster than Leonardo DiCaprio dubbing a girl after she turns twenty-five.
0: Sheesh, man, he's faster than Marilyn Monroe back in the sixties. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, he's faster than a white dude getting drunk at a Kensington. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's faster than me getting a tan driving through traffic in Denver. As you can see, I'm always camera left and I always got this fucking tan <laughs> right <laughs> faster than Rico throwing down some lemon pepper wings oh, that's man. a lie faster than a rabbi picking up a quarter after somebody dropped it leaving <laughs> the synagogue <laughs> Faster than me rolling up a joint in the parking lot before (laughs) the fucking show. That's for sure. (laughs) Shit. Mm -hmm. Faster than the next Fast and Furious movie coming out. No fucking
1: (laughs) more. I don't ever want to see another movie after the next one.
0: Stop. (laughs) That's (laughs) how fast this man is. uh, Ali De La Cruz, man, he is energizing the game right now. He is probably the best young talent in the majors, and it's exciting to see someone like that come in and just take over. He literally showed no signs of slowing down. He came in and immediately made an impact. He has, he has, and
2: it's a good and it's a bad thing because after a while you come in red hot and it doesn't take long for those pitch charts to come out and those scattering reports to come out, and this is Major League Baseball, fellas. These pitchers will adapt and they will find, just like Pedro Serrano and Major League couldn't hit a curveball, you know, baseball, fastball, I hit very, very well. Curveballed. Bats scared, you know. That's what he said, you know, afraid of bats. So that's just what it is. It's not going to take very long for that guy to get a good scouting report out on him. Hopefully, he's smart enough and uh, adjustable enough player to go ahead and do what needs to be done to make sure that he's hitting the right pitches and he's not letting the pitcher go
0: ahead and take advantage of him. Oh, no, for sure. And what impresses me about him, honestly, is he, he's a switch hitter. Yes, like, like that. That's, that's not very prominent in today's game. Like as as much as it used to be. You know, you go back to nineteen eighty nine. Twenty five percent of the league was switch hitters. Where the lowest it got to in two thousand eight was nine percent. Right now, it's sitting at about. 12 it's not as popular but it's making a bit of a comeback and i think people like ellie de la cruz are helping that
2: that's just another weapon that you can have in your lineup to be honest with you if you have a bad right-handed pitcher going in you're going to go ahead and stack your lineup with lefties that's just the way the game has come you always go opposite to it mm-hmm. and to be able to have a switch hitter in your lineup that's as explosive as the cincinnati reds is now man this is crazy cincinnati reds red hot de la cruz 10 plus game winning streak coming into this weekend and it's just phenomenal and they also got somebody else back in the lineup this week that they haven't seen since the end of last year oh, who's that i
1: think it's time time t- is it oh, time it
2: time. is it's about that time it's about that time it's time for what
1: who's got the juice the, the juice, juice. And yeah, who's got the juice this week got have the juice motherfucking week the juice. juice the fucking
2: juice the juice <laughs>
1: The man that has the juice this week coming back from a rotator cuff surgery from last year,
2: Joey Votto. Joey Votto back. The juice. Yes.
1: This man, this man came back in his first game, and, you know, he helped that win streak go alive still. Hit a home run in his first game back against the Rockies. Ugh, ugh, not surprised. Not surprised. But played the Braves the other night, too. They were down 5-0. He got the game-tying home run, and then the go-ahead home run after that. So he backed like he never left. This man's been in the league since 07.
0: 07. OG OG. status. OG. No, he's still putting them together, man. It reminds me a lot of Albert Pujols because that boy still had his power towards the end. 700 home, uh,
2: 701 home runs, and that was enough of that, man. He retired. But absolutely with Joey Votto, testament to his health, testament to his regimen, and just being an overall stud baseball player because you're playing 162 games a year, not including playoffs or preseason. He's 15 years in. It just shows that he is a true professional. And not only that, though, he's really an ambassador to the game because I remember watching last year after he got hurt. He was in the stand. shaking hands with the fans and the kids taking pictures and he would just walk up casually not just on the lower deck you know for the pricier seats he was up at the top he was up at the nosebleeds for the moms and dads and kids that can't really afford to get down there but you know what if you were up there and you were fortunate enough to see this guy Man, that's a life changing experience. Not necessarily life changing, but it's something that you'll never ever forget because
0: you have a major league player coming up there, shaking hands with a kid, taking a picture. That's so fucking dumb. oh, for sure. Like uh, my, I have a similar like story like that, but it was a very obscure Rockies player by the name of Ian Stewart. He played third base, oh, and uh, like you know, we, I was a couple rows away from third base. He signed a ball and he tossed it over. Like very obscure player, not much notoriety, but it's something that I will remember. So it being Joey Votto, who is a, a bona fide superstar. I'm sure that changed somebody's life.
2: Absolutely, man. And like we were talking about earlier, the fan interactions and just being a part of the game. A lot of these players remember what it's like when they were kids and mm-hmm. how cool it is to get a bat and get a ball signed or just somebody waving at you, man. That That's just open. It just kind of brings it all full circle, man. It's,
1: it's, it's a, such a beautiful game. It's important. This man, he, he's been in the league so long, he's given back to the game. And I, I think that's what a lot of red players appreciate too because – He's brought that energy even more. Like, yeah, they got Ellie De La Cruz. They've been playing lights out. But even getting Votto back, like, they're unstoppable right now. Like, what more can you say? And he, like I said, he brings a great veteran presence. So it's great It's great to see him back playing the game that he loves. So hopefully the Reds keep it going and end up getting the playoff spot because they've been working their ass off for it.
0: Uh, they control their own destiny right now. They're in they're in first place. Yeah, they're in first place in the Central. And honestly, what they need to do, they need to just focus on winning series. If they can win the majority of the series that they're in, they're going to be just fine.
2: That and the NL Central is such a coin toss right now. It really, really is. Cubs, Cardinals, Reds, Brewers, all these teams—they're all competitors. It's they're it's always good. a crapshoot. It's better than the AL Central. Have you guys seen the AL Central? Nobody is above five hundred in first place. They are horrible. The Boston Red Sox have the worst record in the East, and they would have in the American League East, and they would have the best record in the AL Central had they not been in the same division. So that is just wild. saying they
0: got That's some studs it. out there. They got some studs out there in Miami too. Oh. Don't overlook them. You got uh, Luis Arez who's close to batting four hundred. Like, and he that man is a fucking animal, bro. The way that he swings that bat. The way he attacks the gaps, swings into opposite field. He, I don't think he's gonna be able to keep that pace up to bat 400. But he's doing something special right now.
2: He really is. I mean, the last person that got close to 400 was Tony Gwynn back in 1994, batting 394, and that was in a shortened season. But this dude, he can do it all. He really doesn't hit bombs. He just hit a line drive type of hitter. I mean, he has. 15 strikeouts in his
0: last 260-some-odd at bat. That's that play vision. There's Man. Vision, discipline. Like, he goes up there, and he pl- he plays gap to gap. He will look for the holes in your defense and try to put the ball right there.
2: Absolutely, and it shows because he has three five-hit games this year five four-hit games this year, ten three-hit games this year, but ironically, his longest hit streak this year is only 12 games. So when he's on, he is locked in, he's loaded, he's getting multiple hits, and he's doing the damn thing. And that's what I think is keeping the floor of Marlins credible and above water at this point because... Without Sandy Alcantara pitching, they're really struggling as far as their starting pitching is concerned. But when you have somebody
0: like that with a good bat in the lineup, you're always in contention every day. If you look at the month of June, just the, like just the month of June alone, he has three games where he went five for five. That's fucking it's in a Like mug. a free throw. Yeah, it's it's incredible, man. Like it, to get up there and get one hit off a major league pitcher isn't is. is Impressive, but to go up there five times and get five hits in three games in one month, like that, it's it's crazy. You're locked in. You're yeah. really really
2: locked in. And when you're seeing the ball like that, and when I when I watch him hit, it really does remind me of Tony Gwynn because he was one of my favorite players. Watching him come up, Tony Gwynn was a heavy set cat, and he would just play right field. He wasn't running a lot, but you know he wasn't striking out. And it was actually known that. Tony Gwynn would actually drill small holes into his bat because he would actually have the lightest bat that they had, and he would still drill holes in the handle so that he could swing the bat faster. It was all about making contact. Oh, man. Real shit, yep. Yeah. That shit
0: is crazy, bro. Like- Fuck the Padres, though. He was a Padre. He was cool, but fuck the Padres. If you look at what Luis was doing prior to the season, he balled out in the World Baseball Classic, too. Yeah. He was a
2: studly player. He was a studly player, and I think that he really brought that momentum over coming from that, because everybody that played in the WBC came in hot, with the exception of Altuve who broke his thumb, but everybody was already in damn near month two form because they were already getting game ready. Already ready to go. So it wasn't a hard transition for them to go ahead and hop into opening day, just with a hot bat and hot glove and Ready to play the game of baseball.
1: Him him and Smooth Jazz out there making things happen in Miami.
2: Jazz Chisholm. If that ain't a porn star name, I don't know what the fuck is. That's Rico's alternate, aside from Father Juice. Follow him in Chaz (laughs) Chisholm.
0: Jazz Jazz Chisholm? Jazz Jazz Chisholm, he said.
1: Jazz Chisholm Jr.
0: Oh, my God. Jazz Chisholm serious question like I already kind of touched on how I felt about it Rico do you think he's going to be able to keep up with a 400 batting average that that's really a, that's a hard
1: one to do like you have to be very disciplined and like I said before baseball is the hardest sport I think to play so if he does it it, it man if he does it i I don't even know what to say
2: because it
0: it how many times has it happened before? Like
2: last time it happened was in 1941 with Ted Williams.
0: 1941, 19, 1941, and it's only it's been done 13 times. So that 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 in its that in itself is impressive. That is it was done 13 times, but it all happened in a 40 year stretch from 1901 to 1941. Since then, the pitchers have become so advanced, new pitches, new techniques, that these hitters have to play catch up constantly
1: man, someone hasn't done that since the 20th century and saying, yeah, if he does it, it's history making but, I don't know, a lot of these pictures are great too, so he might get close to it, but I just don't see
2: it it's gonna be one of those records that's gonna stand a the long time for the oh, test yeah. of time. And I think that he, if he were to contest it, he has to be above four ten by the all-star break mm-hmm. because you're gonna have slumps, yeah. you're gonna ups and downs, ups and downs, trials and tribulations, we all know that to be. But you gotta put yourself in a good position to go ahead and have those down games to balance out your batting average. I see him honestly at about 379, 380, and which is phenomenal no. because you knock out that last zero, and that's the percentage of the time that he's hitting the ball—38% of the time—and getting a hit safely to first base.
0: Yeah, for sure. A lot of people will label you a great hitter if you go up and you get three hits out of ten, Absolutely. and getting four—it doesn't sound daunting at all. But like to extrapolate that out over a whole season and consistently get four hits out of ten every ten at bats—it's—it's it's hard, man. It's—it's it's damn near impossible in today's game.
2: And like what I was talking about earlier, a lot of the times they have seen him getting hits left and right. That scouting report is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But it could work in his favor because maybe the pitcher's overthinking and putting too much emphasis on location or the type of pitch. Instead of getting relaxed and loose and letting it go in the game of baseball. But shout out to him, man, for holding it down this long. He's, he's been doing damn good. Hopefully he keeps it up.
0: That Miami powder. That Miami powder. That Miami vice. Oh, like the dude from Wake Forest? This fool
2: this week from Wake Forest.
0: This fool.
2: Cody Rowland. Cody Rowland. This man. Play it on the screen. Play it on Screen Town. Look at him. Look at him. Touch his nose. Touch his face. Can't stop. (laughs) How many cups of coffee? And what kind
0: of coffee? Bro, that's that Colombian coffee. That's what he's on right now. Look at
2: him. Look at him. His face, he's spinning the glove around. He's just he's on a sick one right now. This fool.
0: He off that perk. And I don't I don't even know if a perk will do that to you, bro. Like also <laughs> on, on some real shit. This man is on some speed. I mean, we might need to test him for some like blues or some shit like that, because he's out there spazzing right now. He off that white girl. Smack.
2: Denver Post said that they saw him circulating around Colfax and Peoria <laughs> before the College World Series began. <laughs> Anywhere on Colfax, to be honest with you. Yeah, man. But this fool of the week, Cody Rowland crazy dude out of wake forest pitching the Carl world series and man i just couldn't get over it, it was social media's like a like a sensation really because i've never seen anybody fucking do that in all my years i've watched baseball yeah that and man is he's spazzing he was, out there i don't know if he was pissing in the cup right afterwards but goddamn. <laughs> I,
0: I mean honestly if i if i was his skip i would i'd be like bro i no, need you to go dude, handle test this
2: test that man right now and then we'll oh run God, up some God, groceries God. for him <laughs>
0: You know how it is, though. You gotta piss them right afterwards, dog.
2: Shit.
1: Like <laughs> NBA players know that all too well.
0: Oh, you have a you, hey, you have a great performance there with a fucking cup waiting at your fucking locker.
1: I remember I remember Miles Garrett. He he had a great ass game. He wasn't wearing long sleeves. He got a drug test right after too. I was like, Oh,
2: that's interesting. That's what they do, man. They, hey, hey. Once you see that clip though,
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, that's that's a whole I don't know. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, that's just, that's a whole different level of. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it really, really is. But this, wolf, this oh, fool, this fool, this <laughs> fool, this motherfucker. Oh shit! Oh my god, gentlemen, I think we've had a great episode. Episode I think about, so too. Episode number eleven. I say it every week, but I love being able to sit down and chat with y'all and really be able to spill out the truth about the fucking sports that are coming out because you can't. A lot of people can't handle the truth nowadays. Especially you internet
2: fucks. Yeah, I gotta start reading these comments and all that stuff because I'm not the social media director. This gentleman right here is. But please keep it coming. Give us some likes and subscribes. We love the, com- the We love the interaction. We love the feedback from everybody. Uh, shit, off the top of my head, man, we're gonna give some shout outs to some new uh, subscribers. Shit, hell yeah, go ahead, Gary. Oh shit. Well, on IG is Mister I Am Smooth, Mister Yancy Setina. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. And the Chance Eighty Two. Check them out on their hashtags right below. We love and. Appreciate the support more than you guys know it. Thank you so much for... Liking the show, following, subscribing, and sharing it on your own little platforms. We really, really appreciate you spreading the word and getting us out to the masses as much as you possibly can. So it's greatly appreciated.
0: Yeah, we we appreciate it for real. And if y'all want a chance at being shouted out by the show on the show, make sure you hit that follow button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We will be picking three random people from our subscribers every week to give y'all a bit of a shout out, man. So shout out to y'all. We appreciate it. Go ahead and on uh, all social medias, at Siren Sports Pod. That's TikTok. That's Instagram. That's Twitter um, You can even find us On Facebook I know that's for The old folk now But I got Facebook but, What the fuck? But Y'all gotta, gotta be in The comments saying Siren
1: Sports Is the number one podcast That's
0: right man Siren Sports Is the number one podcast And you know what Even if you think We're idiots Go ahead and tell us that too We appreciate the comments Exactly
2: There's some new flavor In the Denver area That's all I'm gonna say And it's right here With Siren Sports Absolutely yeah.
1: But We can't leave yet We can't leave yet we gotta
2: oh. we gotta bring our number one supporter up. Is the number one fan for siren sports in the building? Is the number one fan for siren sports in the building? I think she is. Uh-oh. I think she is. Uh-oh. And we have our number one fan here, my beautiful daughter, my little six-year-old girl, Miss Araceli Enriquez. You wanna hop on here and say hi? Hi. Oh, there we go, sweetie. Now you can hi. hear yourself.
0: You wanna talk to the guys? Hello. Hello, hello. So what do you like best about the show, sweetheart? The statue. You like oh. the statues? Okay, cool. Are you, are you a Dodger fan like your daddy? Oh, my goodness. She's ask her who, her, wait. Oh, my ask her, who her favorite player is. Who's your favorite player? Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. Oh, my. Freddie she Freddie. came prepared. She came
2: prepared. I like it. An eye for talent like her father.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got a, a future scout in the making right here. Yes, we do. Um, all right, Sally, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being such a big supporter. And keep it up. Make sure you tell all your friends about your crazy dad and his crazy podcast that we do, all right?
2: About hey. crazy dad and his crazy friends. He's his family, bro. Come on now.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Gary, you want to plug your socials for the folks? You
2: know what? It's cool because I'm still on Twitter, Gary Enriquez 18 and I'm actually on TikTok, Enriquez 18 as well. I only get one social platform a week, so we'll hope for Instagram by next week. My beautiful wife is my social media manager, so we'll see. She got she to gotta filter some stuff out. We'll see how that goes. Okay. But, yes, I'm starting to spread the word. So, by all means, reach out, say uh, what's up, give me your comments and feedbacks. I love hearing the beef. That's
0: funny. Rico, you want to plug your socials for the folks?
2: Follow your boy at Father Juice
1: on Instagram, TikTok. You know
0: what's going on.
1: Subscribe, like I always say. Don't be a hater. Come subscribe. We're halfway to 100 subscribers. We want to give out that special prize, but we need y'all to subscribe. So do your boy a favor and come subscribe.
0: You heard the man. Go, to, go over to that YouTube channel. Hit subscribe and keep up with everything Siren Sports that we got coming up. New uh, new episodes every week. New uh, content being posted on our socials daily. A la Rico here. And me, I go by the name of Town. You can find me on all social medias at town.5280. I appreciate you guys coming through and rocking with us once again. For Gary, for our Sally over there, for Rico. Thank you for rocking with Siren Sports. Out! Say bye. Bye. <laughs> Siren Sports is part of the imprint media network.